0: Coinbase is making stock market history tomorrow when it goes public as a direct listing on the NASDAQ. It's the first ever crypto-centric company to launch an IPO. It's gonna trade under the ticker symbol Coin, C-O-I-N. The company was founded in 2012. It's now the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the country. They have 43 million users in over 100 countries, actually. And this is a significant milestone for the cryptocurrency space. Overall, part of the reason Bitcoin has hit an all-time high today Uh, over $63,000. Last week, Coinbase reported their first quarter revenue of $1.8 billion. Compare that to $1.3 billion they did for the entire year of 2020. Tomorrow, Coinbase could have a valuation of more than $100 billion. $150 billion? That's what Chris thinks. Chris and I were both fortunate enough to track down some pre-IPO shares. Our investment is going to pay off, but the question we have we have to decide today. Are we are we going to sell? Are we going to hang on to our shares to help us figure that out and better understand the various business lines at Coinbase? We've invited Cyril Matthew to join us this morning. Until recently, he led business development at Coinbase. He was in charge of special projects like stable coins and the Coinbase debit card. Brilliant guy, true expert on crypto and Coinbase. And we're also going to dig into Bitcoin with him and get his take on the four-year cycle and hopefully get our other <laughs> infrastructure players and just really help us understand the crypto space. So today on Dumb Money, the $150 billion question, should we stay or should we go? Our decision to hold or sell on Coinbase IPO day. We are Dumb Money.
1: Three friends who turned $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission
0: trading account.
2: The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money.
0: <laughs> That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan, a special Dumb Money live. We're going to bring in our uh, special guest, Cyril Matthew, in just a minute. But I wouldn't be doing my job as a YouTuber if I didn't remind everyone to help us by gently tapping that like button. It is free. It's going to bring you happiness and wealth and prosperity and it, uh, good things in the crypto world. You know all those things. So. There you go. Tap the like button. Thank you, Chris Jordan. Uh, let's first, though, address the conversation that Jordan and I had last week. He is, uh, you know, the more conservative investor among the three of us. He's stayed out of Bitcoin uh, and out of crypto in general and decided not to purchase pre-IPO shares of Coinbase. Jordan, Whoa. what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, if I had to make the same decision
2: over again, I'd probably make the same. You know, to me, I feel like the the price of Um, coinbase is going to be correlated with the price of bitcoin i get that they make money off the transactions right but i think that uh they're going to be correlated with the big boy and does it stay up from here does it go down i don't know like i can't make a qualified decision on if it's going to go up or down or not maybe i'm i'm probably the idiot in the room right we we, uh, we
0: just say you're entirely too rational like
2: no i mean it just doesn't make sense to me right so like for me bitcoin could be 120 grand 60 grand or five cents and each of those makes equal sense to me so i i can't I can't make any judgment on investing in it. So I'm just, I'm not going to do yeah, it.
1: L- listen, we, we get it. it. It doesn't fit into the way you evaluate investment opportunities. And, and ne- it never has, neither has, you know, something like gold. Right. And so like, I totally get it. Uh, I think a lot of people are trying to understand how we even got into this whole deal with Coinbase. As you guys know, we, we are super proactive uh, with everything that we do. Um, we're social arb investors. So we identify change. Uh, and then we connect that change that's happening in the world, either changing culture or behavior, or consumer behavior or markets. And we connect that to opportunities. Sometimes those opportunities are trades in public markets. Sometimes those opportunities are investments in private companies or early stage companies. In this case, it was tracking down shares of an IPO, a soon to IPO company Coinbase, which we do all the time. It's a really difficult process. Uh, we worked on this for months, trying to track down shares Uh, We finally, uh, by stretching every person in our network, uh, begging uh, for people to connect us to people that have shares, we were able to allocate and find some shares uh, through a group deal that we did. Uh, it was really difficult. We thought at the time we were maybe overpaying for the shares. We were really nervous because at the time we acquired the shares, uh, Bitcoin was going up so quickly that by the time we initiated the conversation about buying the shares, the time that we actually finalized the transaction, it was double. It doubled. The, the, the price we had to pay for Coinbase doubled, but we still got Coinbase um, at roughly a 30, 32, 33, something like that billion dollar valuation a few months ago so you know and, if it and does we didn't, IPO, we didn't know that
0: that could have been cut in half so it was still speculative yeah. on our part at the time yeah. because you never know what could happen
1: i i listen dave I, I i was chasing down that ipo because i felt that we were having a moment uh with the level of demand uh going to be chasing down what would be the only major platform crypto ipo of this year, Uh, and on top of that, uh, I was looking at Coinbase's quarter based on just general traffic uh, in the crypto markets, and I thought the market was underestimating just how big of a quarter they were going to have, and sure enough, we found out, what, about a week, week and a half ago, they just put up the blockbuster quarter of all blockbuster quarters, exceeded everyone's expectations. Completely exceeding expectations. Except mine, except (laughs) mine, because honestly, guys, one of the questions I'm going to have for Cyril today... Uh, Part of the reason why they had such a blockbuster quarter was because a large part of the people that are trading on Coinbase are kind of newbies. They're people that aren't super sophisticated crypto traders, and they trade on Coinbase, not Coinbase Pro. And Coinbase is a really expensive trading platform to use. The fees are really, really high. Um, And one of the, the thesis that I have that would be a con thesis for holding Coinbase long term is that over time, people will migrate to Coinbase Pro, which is really a much better platform, I think, as a trader, because the fees are much lower. So in addition to that, there's potential competition coming in, right? So why would people continue to pay those high fees? That's one, Those are one of the questions I'm going to have for Cyril today. And I have not made my decision as to whether I'm holding or selling. I hope to make that decision maybe by the end of today's episode. Uh, and I'm hoping that Cheryl can kind of provide us not with investment advice because that's not what we do here. No, just a better can, understanding. Just illuminate, yeah, illuminate yeah. some of the questions and, and, that we have and help us understand um, how defensible Coinbase is. Also, are there other lines of business at Coinbase that he thinks has you know an opportunity to accelerate over the next six to twelve months, so that even if they kind of do lose some market share or have to uh, lower their margins uh, due to competition, even their own competition with Coinbase Pro, as pe- more people learn about that. Um, you know, Are there other areas uh, that we can lean on to make up for that? So lots of questions for him today.
0: Uh, Let's so bring, him on. bring him on. So our guest is Cyril Matthew. He's, he did spend the last two years at Coinbase where he led international business development, other projects. He has a unique perspective on the whole crypto world. Cyril, welcome to Dumb Money.
3: Great to be can I get the
1: disclaimer before we even start with him? Neither us nor Cyril are investment advisors. This is an episode where we just want to learn, uh, learn about the platform market for crypto trading, Coinbase, uh, specifically as well. Uh, and everyone needs to do their own research, right? We don't know, we don't understand what your risk tolerance is. Uh, this is all about information discovery, uh, research, and then certainly get on our Discord channel, dummoney.tv forward slash Discord, and discuss today's episode, poke holes in our conversation, and show us what we're missing, and then we could all make our own uh, decisions based on that. So, Cyril, so, well, so let well, yeah, us, Let's start ben.
0: with a quick overview of the various business lines at Coinbase, because I know there's mm-hmm. some concern about their ability to diversify away from just transaction revenue, right?
3: Yeah, no. Th- thanks for that, and thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to be here. In some ways, I think I'm the I'm the perfect guest, at least for the title of the show, because I definitely <laughs> am dumb money. Uh, I I'm not not uh, an expert in in, in investing, but I, I I do know tech, and I've I've been able to pick some good tech companies to work at, and Coinbase is included by there. The, and
1: by the way, are you are you in on this IPO? Like, is are you? Uh, I assume you got shares when you were at Coinbase, right? Is this a big week for you?
3: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, part of the reason, and I've I've been fortunate to work before there at Uber, at Facebook. Um, I kind of use my time almost as um, investment, if you will, when 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 I didn't have capital when I was younger. So, um, equity is a large part of you know Silicon Valley kind of. Uh, uh background of companies and so the equity i have in coinbase definitely in valuing and exciting excited for it this week um you know you never know i was at you know kind of an uber at facebook when when uh there there were ipos and not direct listings so you had to wait six months and the ipos didn't go so well but in the long run they ended up fine so you try not to put too much emotion into the opening day but the mem- the momentum seems strong so i'm so I'm excited about that
1: well, congrats, man. I'm, ex- I'm excited for you, probably more than I'm excited for ourselves uh, for the IPO this week. Uh, talk to us about Coinbase. I mean, talk to us about what what, what are, everyone knows the obvious when it comes to Coinbase, right? Everyone's talking about Coinbase is the first. They're one of the largest, but they their fees are really high. Are, is that sustainable? Um, you know, what does Coinbase look like in a year or two? Is this just hype and just good timing of an IPO? or is there are there other things we should be thinking about when it comes to Coinbase?
3: Yeah, no, I mean, they're all great questions, some that I don't have definitive answers to, but um, I mean, there's no doubt the timing is great. Bitcoin price has been has been going up. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, You know, equity markets are nice. And then Coinbase, obviously, with the Q1 numbers just just seems to be hitting at time. But when you look at the business, you know, I'm I'm a believer in Coinbase's business now, you know, whether that means, you know, long-term horizon or not, I think we can get into, but a lot of people don't realize just how many layers to the business there are. So you've got the exchange. And so that's akin to the New York stock exchange. And that's where all the liquidity is. And that's where all the trades are happening. And then Chris, as you alluded to, you've got the brokerage, which is Coinbase. So there's coinbase.com, which is a brokerage. And then Coinbase pro is the interface for the exchange. And so, um, having both the brokerage and the exchange is akin to having the Charles Schwab and the New York Stock Exchange of crypto, um, at least in the US. And so that, that's powerful in and of itself. Um, and, and you are right, I, I think the Q1 numbers show that still 96% of the revenues are coming from transaction fees, and so that's certainly uh, um, something that leadership acknowledges and there's a big effort to diversify from, uh, but that is, quote unquote, one of the uh, potential risk factors. Now, that being said, um, you could argue, especially on the retail side, a lot of people pay for that convenience because, especially in crypto when in the past there's been uh, hacks, there's been um, kind of shady practices in terms of where players operate. Coinbase has taken the approach very early on that they were gonna be the trusted, the most compliant, getting all the necessary licenses. They've never been hacked, knock on wood. And so there is something to be said of being able to charge a premium for all those things, especially in the crypto industry. Um, So in the short to medium term, I think they can actually keep that sort of pricing control. Now, over the long run, that certainly could be pressed. Um, but th- that's a bit on the exchange and the brokerage. I mean, we can go into some of their other business lines, such as custody. Um, I think one of the Q1 numbers that came out shows that they had 220 billion assets on platform. The core institutional custody business, the, the Portion of that, I forget the exact number, but it's around 100 billion, and so that's institutions that are coming for institution-grade custody that would match the fidelities of the world, and uh, institutions that are trusting Coinbase to store their assets. It's it's a it's a lower-margin business and and a lower fee business, but. Um, just like, and Coinbase is not a bank, but just like a bank or, or any lender out there, um, having assets on your platform just gives you more flexibility to then later monetize with those assets. So I think that's a underlooked part of Coinbase's business. Um, I'll, uh, I could pause there. There's a few different lines there going. No, I,
1: a- I think. I, listen, that that that's a great point. I actually think the custody side of their business <coughs> could grow substantially over the next year, Um, I I do think, you know, as we start to see other banks uh, getting involved with crypto over the next three years, right, three or four years, uh, that custody piece might not be as defensible as it is today, because today they just don't have a lot of strong competition in terms of, you know, reliable, um, safe custody options for crypto right right? um and so they're in a really nice position i think to be the custody leader right now i mean i don't know again two three four years down the road i don't know i don't know that it matters that much because i'm not thinking that that far down the road my concern more than anything is going to be other major platforms on the broker piece the piece where they generate so much of their revenue i'm concerned about the fidelity schwab's ameritrade's kind of making announcements at some point in the next year that they are going to aggressively get into the crypto space now it will take time for that to happen but i think just the announcements of those transactions right of, of those companies getting involved in space would be a net negative for a coinbase because Those are the companies that have very little to lose, right? Like they don't have a business in that space. Kind of like Robinhood had very little to lose, like coming out with zero commission-free, right? Uh, Brokerage fees. So that I think is this this i don't know cloud that sits over coinbase that at some point in time they have a clock as to develop these other business lines and develop them quickly right also a big question that i think a lot of people have is you know coinbase is obviously the highest fee but also has the lowest number of coins i have always wondered about that can you explain the rationale there and if you think that's going to change as a publicly traded company if they're going to start to bring on more of these coins it's a little frustrating at times not having to have multiple crypto brokers to trade what seems like hey you know dogecoin right like like you, you know i right. can't i can't get doge through coinbase i don't understand why
3: Yeah. And and actually, you transition well into a point I was going to make when you ask about the long term compression and risks, I think you're spot on. Like when Fidelity, Robinhood, PayPal's uh, uh, into crypto now, Square Cash offers crypto and it's growing. And those are things that will, you know, the Robinhoodization, if you will, of the crypto industry where fees compress are a risk now to play devil's advocate. I think you would argue because you're you're deeper into crypto that Coinbase is lacking assets, right? But if you're going to compare them to a PayPal, a Robinhood, a Square Cash, eventually a Fidelity and Schwab, I'm pretty sure that Coinbase will stay, you know, far ahead of the curve in terms of the number of assets they have to. Lose. Now, when you compare them to crypto native exchanges, a Binance, a, a Kraken, a Gemini, uh, that's where they may have less assets. And that's where Coinbase has to play this almost tug of war, if you will, where I started off by saying they, they wanted to build a mode about being compliant, being regulated. And so other exchanges have 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 done things like Dogecoin comes out, they'll list them, you know, XYZ asset comes out, they will list them. And so they're listing tens or 15 assets per day. Coinbase's diligence process is just a lot more strict. And they have eased that up um a lot in recent in in recent months and they are listing assets faster than they have before. But I think they're always going to be in the middle where you compare them to A PayPal or a Robinhood, I think they're going to be a lot more forward-thinking. But if you compare them to some of these, quite frankly, not regulated players, unregulated players, they're going to take (laughs) a little bit more of a process approach. Um, um, So you could argue that's their sweet spot.
1: Speaking of regulation, we should we should we can't we have to discuss that as a topic, right? That that's one of the other maybe for some people the number one risk factor putting a substantial amount of money, or for someone like myself you know, keeping a substantial amount of money in a platform like Coinbase, right? Not really knowing when or how, you know, when that regulation is coming or how big it will be. Uh, I'm sure you've thought about it as well. Do you have any stance on that? Uh, Any thoughts on regulation?
3: yeah i mean it, it, you have to think about it every every everyone at coinbase is always thinking about it especially or earlier on when you know we're not in the middle of a bull run and it's not top of mind for folks getting a banking partner for example you know i think i think um it was jamie diamond who, who who or warren buffett who mentioned it's rat poison square but eventually now jp morgan or chase is banking coinbase so um those <laughs> evolutions were going really- Important, if you will. Yeah, it's funny. I think after how, how you see the about face, but um, I'm by no means an expert. But what what from from what we encounter with regulators every day, there's there's a lot of fud out there, as they call it, in the industry, fear, uncertainty, doubt. But you know, maybe this is my bias from Uber. But when you have an asset that's really adding value, when you have kind of a new technology that comes out, I think it was uh, you know when I worked at Uber, which which we briefly mentioned, it was every local taxi lobby and regulator. Uh, was threatening that, you know, Uber is illegal, they're not doing things the right way. But once the people got a taste of Uber, there's really no putting it back in the box. Now, there could be regulation that's unfavorable to the company. But um, I personally feel and this is not, you know, an expert opinion, but you know, banning Bitcoin um, is probably not likely. Now, there could be unfavorable regulations such as like very cumbersome compliance or kyc obligations on any small transaction those sorts of things so i do think that's a concern and a quote-unquote risk factor for for coinbase in the industry but i think the days of oh we're going to ban bitcoin outright um you know I, i'm not saying that's zero risk but i think that's a lower risk um probably
1: but don't and don't you think also that com, you know regulation and compliance related regulation could be a net positive for someone like Coinbase that has wow. been the, by far the market leader in having kind of that infrastructure in place and being prepared to handle regulatory compliance can you tell us as an as a former employee i'm not asking you to like knock the company if if the answer is negative but how competent do you think is the management, I mean, just I'm not talking about even top management, how competent do you think is Coinbase in general in terms of the process, the procedures, the stru- infrastructure that Coinbase has built, the, the in- internal communication, internal employee morale, uh, the, the internal degree of talent uh, at the company in terms of mid-management and upper management? Can you speak to that? Because I think that's a really interesting perspective that a lot of us just don't have a clue about
3: yeah it's 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 a good question and i i don't want to be a homer i could definitely list cons about coinbase but starting with the subject that led us here compliance that's one area coinbase can had it you know put its hat on it has led with that they've got really smart folks got a huge compliance. if anything my role was business development and i would get frustrated that i couldn't move as fastly because we had to check everything with compliance teams with banking partners and so I, i i think you're absolutely right like good smart regulation, I think this is a theme probably with any new industry, um, is a net positive. Actually, you want that for the industry and Coinbase would really cheer that on. And I used to work on stable coins, as, as Dave mentioned, which are the currencies that are pegged to a fiat currency like the US dollar. And we were actually discussing, that was a private issued stable coin from Coinbase and Circle, but we discussed the approach of stable coins with lots of regulators as they were thinking about central bank digital currencies, which is a theme that you hear a lot. So Coinbase is really, you know, I think top of the industry in terms of, at least in crypto, of of compliance. Now, are there growing pains? Were there growing pains at Coinbase? And, you know, you know, is the leadership used to handling, you know, if it is now a hundred billion dollar market cap company? And do they have that experience? You know, there's certainly, you know, um, I think are are, are growing pains there. But um, uh, in terms of how they've led with compliance and being able to manage that, it's, it's been it's been spot spot on, in my opinion.
1: All right, that that sounds pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> how is? Can you speak to uh, like just? And if you don't want to, that's fine. Like like morale in the company is it a pretty good kind of corporate morale? Like what is it like working at Coinbase? Is it is it is it a cohesive company? I kind of think of Coinbase and I think I think of like you know obviously it, it, it's a centralized company in a decentralized world. But what yeah. does that mean? Like does it feel like a company even? Or because it's dealing with crypto? Or is it like a weird like, I don't know. Well, like, what is it like?
3: Yeah, it's such an interesting culture because uh, you, you hit on it. First, there's two factions. I think there's a, I used to say when people were interviewing, you've got the people who came from tech, like myself, and then the folks that came from finance and, capital markets and so that already makes an interesting melting pot and i think brian armstrong the ceo would lean towards saying it's a tech company that's trying to disrupt finance but then you've got as you as you rightly called out your centralized exchange is this decentralized world and so kind of the the crypto enthusiast if you will will typically want to hate on coinbase saying oh well we we don't need central middlemen and, and and so coinbase is that is that is that entity that we don't want in the long run but i think when you really get to people who are pragmatic in the crypto space, they realized Coinbase has played a huge role in this on ramp into the crypto economy. So, you know, uh, unless you're a miner um, and you had Bitcoin early on, um, the way to get into crypto is typically you come through Coinbase and you you know, load $100 and you buy some Bitcoin and Coinbase does that in a pretty seamless fashion and they've onboarded. You know, millions of people into tens of millions of people into the crypto economy so it's a huge role to play and so people at coinbase are passionate about that they really believe in the mission and i found that to be the case i mean there's been some i think last year there was there was you know some noise um i won't go to the details on people can look that up about kind of politics at work and and brian armstrong the ceo putting out um, kind of blog post about not wanting too much politics and works. I think it's probably more of a libertarian ethos within Coinbase. And that did cause a few ruffles. But generally, people I found at Coinbase really believe in crypto. They're happy to be there. And and, and you're sort of in the center of a lot of things with crypto. So um, the, the folks who are there, I would say, are pretty passionate.
1: Nice. Um, Dave, I don't know. Like, Do you want to kind of move the conversation a bit more into just the underlying fuel for Coinbase now. Yeah, so I, I, because I, I think that's it,
0: that's a good kind of overall picture of what's going on behind the scenes at Coinbase. I yeah, I think you know I, I feel like I am better informed on it now. I, I did want to follow up on the uh, you know Chris is wearing his Dogecoin shirt, and you touched on it a bit. But what is kind of the process, the timeline for uh, Coinbase deciding we're gonna we're going to allow a coin? on our on our exchange
3: yeah, it's it's a it's a great question. It's a pretty intricate process. They have a DAO, a digital asset listing group, where they have certain principles, and they've actually partnered with other reputable exchanges, the Krakens of the world. I think they're even you know uh, you know don't don't quote me on this, but we're looking at some some collaboration with folks like Square and traditional players on what are these principles by which we measure an asset in terms of security, in terms of how they follow regulation, and so this is why to Chris's earlier question, Coinbase sometimes is taking longer than players that aren't regulated. Who can kind of list any asset? Now, one thing Coinbase realizes is that once you buy a little bit of Bitcoin or buy a little bit of Ethereum, people want more, and yeah. so Coinbase has really tried to speed up and make that process more efficient. And in recent weeks, if you just watch their announcements since I've even left, you can see you know how many DeFi tokens they've listed, for example, a new token. So I think you'll see that sped up. But um, you know, it, it is a pretty intricate process. They can't. Um, um, really takes shortcuts, if you will. They can try to speed it up, but if they take shortcuts, there are threats again from banking partners and other um, uh, uh, counterparties that 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 are critical to their ecosystem.
0: Can we can we talk a little bit more about Bitcoin itself? Just because that seems to be the the headline of all coins, right? And it's making headlines again today as it's hitting all time highs. Where where do you see Bitcoin going when you have? You know, this this kind of somewhat predictable four year cycle of it halving and like, can, can we expect to see that cycle continue? Where where are we right now?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, the big caveat that like I'm, I'm by no means the investment expert in Bitcoin, but from my studying the underlying fundamentals, Um, and why I invested probably heavily, you know, more heavily early last year. I had some Uber exposure from my time at Uber. um, And during COVID, those shares went down a bit, and I decided to make a really big investment in Bitcoin. And I did that. um, I was watching kind of a few experts in the space and really started understanding the kind of underlying fundamentals. There's probably many reasons why there's a bull run happening now. But I would hit on, and Dave, you mentioned the having, the key fundamental that I think people don't understand well enough, which is the brilliance of this pseudo anonymous um, founder, Satoshi Nakamoto, and the monetary policy that he's built in, and something that's covered a lot on the CNBCs of the world and, and stuff like that, is this notion of a hard supp- hard cap supply or a fixed supply. And so a lot of folks have talked about there's only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be minted. And um, if, if folks don't know that, that's more and more becoming known. And obviously simple economics tell you if you have fixed supply and the demand goes up, then that asset price is going to go higher. But what people don't get is that every four years, this having happens and taking a step back, the way the whole Bitcoin system works is the specialized computers called miners contribute their computing power to verify transactions. Every 10 minutes, they're able to verify a transaction. That's how the whole thing works. And all these miners together make up the strongest computing network in the world if you you measure it by hash rate. And so the incentive that they get, the reason why they do that is because they actually get Bitcoin as a reward for donating or contributing this computing power. And every four years, the incentive that they get for this mining gets cut in half. So last May, the having happened every ten minutes, the Bitcoin miners were getting twelve and a half Bitcoin. That got cut to six point two five, and and um, this is this is this is really by design. If you one of the quotes I have, I think from um, Satoshi Nakamoto, he was mentioning um, one of his quotes from the white paper says, as the number of users grow the value per point, per coin increases. It has the potential for a positive feedback loop. As users increase, the value goes up, which could attract more users to take advantage of increasing value. So to put that in layman's terms, he wanted to create a viral marketing loop. He wanted bull runs to happen. I mean, we wouldn't be talking about Bitcoin today if this bull run wasn't happening. And that's the way that the network attracted more users. And so both for that having principle, and then if you just look at Bitcoin, it's a short history, it's only 12 years, but if you look at the previous having cycles, Generally, after a halving happens, about six to 18 months after that halving is when you see a bull run. And there's a few models out there. Your, your follow, the followers on the channel could go to a guy uh, named Plan B on Twitter that has a stock-to-flow model that me- measures scarcity and flow, which is the new production every year. And you'll see, again, the six to 18 months uh, after the cycle, the stock-to-flow model follows pretty closely. And if you correlate all that together, what it tells you is we're about a year after the last having. Um, And and if you follow, again, if it's following the previous cycles, we're probably just in the earlier stages of the bull run. The later stages of this bull run has not happened yet. And so that's why there is a lot of hype. And of course, the macro conditions have changed. There's more institutional demand now. So I don't know how that impacts it. But just following previous cycles, um, it tells you that there's probably a little bit more of this bull run left. And actually, the most exponential parts of the bull runs happen near the end of those cycles, not near the beginning.
0: I was trying to uh, see if I, I mean, could that, pull up a chart that, that represents that, but I, I'm not
3: finding one quite yet. <laughs> I, I, I have a few, um, but I don't know if I can share my screen. But <laughs> I can share it to you guys after to flash up.
1: You know, I mean, that that's a great point. So you're, I mean, listen, it sounds like you're pretty confident uh, or feel pretty good about Bitcoin's um, kind of momentum this year, which would serve, like I said, it's like the underlying fuel for all these exchanges, including Coinbase. And it's a, it's a hell of a nice tailwind to have. Um, yeah. one, of the things, one of the things I'm thinking about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I'm trying to figure out, is there any arbitrage left in this? Are, are there things that the market still underestimates with Bitcoin, excuse me, with Coinbase? Are there things that the market still misunderstands? Um, I, I felt strongly that the market misunderstood the degree to which Coinbase was going to benefit uh from this massive, massive run up in Bitcoin this last quarter. And that's exactly why I chased down shares um right. in this pre-IPO. And that's what happened last week when they came out with earnings, right? So that was great news for Coinbase. I think that's probably going to lead to probably a 20 to 30 or 40% higher IPO day than we would have had without that really strong earnings report. Yeah. Um what is there anything else out there that maybe the market doesn't and and that was a good point i mean you just brought up something the market maybe misunderstands right like is there anything else out there we should be thinking about uh the market is is just doesn't quite see clearly or or are we getting to a point where with all the hype coinbase has reached kind of that point of information parity where whatever it trades at is based on full information everyone kind of knows the pros the cons and whatever ipo day is it is and for me that's a sign that I should start looking for an exit, not because the company's bad, but because there's really nothing that I know about that everyone else doesn't know about. And if so, what are the other platforms? That's my next question for you, because I know you've been kind of thinking about this for a while. Where should we be looking next if we're going to try to chase down private shares in mid to late stage crypto exchanges or the picks and shovels in this business do you have any favorites as someone who has worked in the industry worked at coinbase um has seen you're in biz dev so you know the players out there right yeah who's yeah. who peaks your interest right now what's the next what's the next one that we should be going after at dumb money to try to obtain shares in
3: right now right um no great question on on the former part of your question or you know, is there anything else that 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 should be factored in? Um, you know, I, I would just stress that point where I don't think, oh, I don't think I know that the, the public markets haven't seen a company that like Coinbase that's been public through one of these full cycles, right? And so I think um, if it continues again, follows past trends, Q two and Q three could be larger, um, which could be really interesting. And I'm curious to see how markets react. At the same time. Um, as we've rightly discussed, Coinbase is tied to those market cycles a bit. So if you see the cycle tail off at the end of the year and have one of those pronounced drops, um, Coinbase could be affected by that, too. So that's the last thing I would point out there One on the cycles. One other thing I would point out just about Coinbase's business is just how much institutional demand has come to the platform in the last really six months um, and, and I think it's a little bit kudos to the Coinbase's m and team. They, they made an acquisition that was probably not very talked about last year of a company called TechOmi, for, former Goldman um, execs that started this institutional trading platform that's been built into Coinbase's stack. And this is why the Michael Saylors of the world and the Teslas of the world have bought um, have made some of their positions into into uh, crypto through Coinbase. So I think that's just something I would call out, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how institutional demand, um, you know, maybe dampens these cycles or prolongs these cycles. And so that's the last factor I would call out in terms of um, overall factors. Um, to your question, Chris, about other players, I mean, there, there's 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 tons, so I won't go down the rabbit hole of these early stage DeFi players, which I think people should, you know, just look up decentralized finance and pay attention to, you know, these basically decentralized capital markets that are built on top of Ethereum. But um, at later stage companies, I think, you know, or mid to late stage companies that I, I personally follow really well, um, one is, an interesting one is called BlockFi. So BlockFi is, again, another centralized player, uh, but they're letting you do more you know, if I call banking type activities and and um, uh, money movement type activities in the crypto market. So the simplest form is just earning yields on my crypto. So I could go into BlockFi and put in um, a few Bitcoin and I can get, you know, I think up to a certain amount, 6% yields on my Bitcoin. Or if I put in stable coins, again, those coins that are pegged to the US dollar, USD coin, or I think there's a Gemini one, you can get 10% up to 10% yields. And um, that's been a super interesting business. And then the other part of the business is probably a larger part is um, you know, let's say people don't want to sell out of their crypto because they're what we call hodlers. They believe in the long-term appreciation of Bitcoin. Well, how do you get some liquidity? BlockFi will let you put in crypto collateral and take out uh, loans in US dollars or euros or pounds or whatever, a little currency And So a way to get liquidity, um, but still hold on to your price appreciation of your assets. And their business has been booming and they have competitors like Celsius and Nexo and a few others as well.
0: Can you can you talk about yeah. how that high yield thing actually works? Like where, how are they able to offer that kind of extreme, you know, yield on both stablecoins and Bitcoin? They're basically loaning out those coins for others to then uh, loan out again. Yeah. Like, how, is, is to yeah. me, it seems like a, a, a kind of an unregulated loan pyramid scheme, right? Is is that, is yeah. that an, well, uh,
3: <laughs> somewhat of an accurate classification? <laughs> um, not unregulated. So I, I, you know, again. They'll complete, continue caveat that I'm not the expert regulatory-wise, but I know, for example, using the BlockFi example, they do have state lending licenses they go by and, and get. Uh, they're not a federally regulated bank by any means, and so they don't have the same stringent requirements that a bank has, but they do have state licenses. And so you'll find BlockFi is not available in certain states. Um, but to your question, Dave, yes, they, they do... Um, obviously, to get those yields on the deposits, they do have to then lend, lend out your crypto, and so that's one of the mechanisms. That's what banks have been doing for for you know decades, right? And yeah. and so. Uh, fractional reserves. Now there is um, probably an, a more aggressive strategy that BlockFi employs, and I encourage users who are really interested to go look up. I think BlockFi. Um, there's been some few YouTube podcasts on it where they do a little arbitrage on the Grayscale GBTC Trust, where um, you know those institutional investors that put money into the trust can get. Um, a discount on that investment um, and end up arbitraging there and and getting a little premium. And so from what I understand, I'm not the expert here. They use that as well to kind of pump up the the returns they get. In addition to that, they're also VC-backed. So um, uh, I don't think profits today are, are the number one driver, but user growth is so. Um, there's great questions though. There are definitely yeah. some risky parts of the I,
0: I opened my BlockFi account and then I started seeing these videos on YouTube warning me about what might be, you know, done behind the scenes. And so I, I haven't funded it yet. So i I just wanted to hear from someone who's who's kind of worked at one of the, the largest exchange and that to me is very interesting i,
3: I yeah no, so I you, you think good it would
0: be okay for me to fund and park some bitcoin at block five
3: i'm not endorsing any particular platform i would say like if you were an investor in their platform versus putting your money in it it's, it's it's interesting because you just look at their user growth it's been exponential you look at the assets on platform that that's been really large yeah they're, they're another yep. company that
0: i would like to invest in
1: yeah, BlockFi is right. on our radar. We've been trying to track down shares unsuccessfully. Um, not yet, right? So like uh, yeah. anything, any other either exchanges or any other uh, infrastructure providers that kind of sit behind the scenes of the crypto market that you think are interesting right
3: now? Yeah, the other ones I would call out, um, and by the way, Coinbase, uh, we didn't cover this, Coinbase could also play a role in the space is like, you know, they may have a competitor on the brokerage side, but then they can provide that competitor with custody, and liquidity on the exchange right and so coinbase point. Um, could will eventually do some of these things but a company that's really focused on being the infrastructure player one that uh, sticks out is paxos um yep. PayPal's PayPal's crypto offering is actually backed by Pax, or you know, has Paxos on the back end powering liquidity, doing custody for them, um, and I, I think eventually we'll be doing other things. And Paxos, I believe, is also doing that for a fintech in Europe um, called Revolut, which is very prevalent um, here in Europe. And so, um, Paxos is one of these infrastructure players. There's another few that. Um, on the payment side are really interesting as well. Um, Circle, which was a partner of Coinbase, is basically building a Stripe for stablecoins. And I'm, you know, caveat, I'm currently employed by Stripe, but um, Circle's building USD coin, which is one of the most uh, it's it's the largest regulated stable coin out there, um, 10 billion market cap. Um, and it's really used a lot in DeFi markets, is used a lot for um, you know, trading and other use cases. But Circle's providing ways to accept USD coin as payment, to settle in stable coins, which is you know could be a lot faster if you're in FX markets and you're used to T plus two settlements. If you're using stable coins, you can now get settlements that are same day or within minutes. And so I think circles a really interesting company. Another one that's smaller than Circle is called MoonPay, that are again building kind of these back-end infrastructural things that allow you to accept payments, that allow you to take settlements Um, that allow you to do KYC out of the box and these sorts of things that will then power, I think, the next wave of fintechs that want to build crypto and use kind of some of these picks and shovels that these companies are offering.
1: We Um, have a lot of people mentioning Voyager in the comments. Uh, They're publicly traded. They're smaller, obviously. I think it's a company that has gotten a lot of attention being one of the few publicly traded exchanges. Um, Any thoughts on them? Do you know anything about Voyager?
3: I'm not actually too familiar with Voyager, so I couldn't, yeah, weigh in. I probably should know them, but um, I, I see the comments that they're regulated in New York, but um, and yeah, it looks like they're they're also providing interest. I'm not, I'm not actually sure about their business model, so I couldn't comment.
1: Yeah, I I mean I have some Voyager stock only because I I felt uh, I felt the momentum of expansion of investor um awareness of voyager and so you know for me that was kind of my primary reason for investing in voyager not necessarily based on fundamentals obviously because i don't i don't do that um but paxos is is like my number one target right now so i want to make this very clear if anyone is watching this show that has PAXOS shares um that is interested in selling PAXOS shares we are a buyer okay we are a buyer (laughs) We will transact really quickly. Um, We are really easy to do business with. We are a buyer in the seven figure range for Paxos private shares. So if you have some, please email us, uh, chris at dumbmoney.tv. We would be happy to enter into conversations with you if you have some Paxos shares. So putting that out there. Okay. That's great. Uh, We've talked about a lot. I mean, is this is there anything left on the table to cover right now, guys? And in the comments, is there anything that we miss, guys, that you want us to address with Cyril while we have him on? For those of you that don't know, he spent years working at Coinbase uh, in biz dev. He understands this world really well. We so appreciate having him on the show today. On the on basically the eve of the Coinbase IPO, is it tomorrow, guys? Is today the thirteenth? Yeah, it's tomorrow. The, on the, eve of the Coinbase IPO. It is tomorrow. Um, we. We stand, uh, I think the IPO will be, uh, my, I'm targeting at about $150 billion. That That's what's in my head. Uh, that would put us at a $2 million uh, gain in just a few months. Um, it's a big day for us. I imagine, I imagine it's a big day for Cyril as well, who's been there for a few years. So I assume you have some shares. Uh, what else do you guys want to ask Cyril? Oh, ask about Stripe. Okay, why Stripe? Why are you at Stripe? Do you love Stripe? Tell us about Stripe.
3: Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, Coinbase has built, you know, built a great business. So why would I make that transition? A lot of folks have asked me, and you know, um, I do think I have a good eye for for where tech tech is going and and and, and kind of new trends. And so, Coinbase is built a great business. The part of crypto that really interested me and that I'm passionate about it was really when I was at Uber before Coinbase, where I learned how integral money movement and payments are to any business as uber was launching in new markets we were interviewing drivers and some of them working in the uk were sending money back home to other markets like morocco or somewhere in africa and some of them were still actually literally giving a bag of cash to a random courier to send this money back home and i was just astonished that uh this was still happening in this modern day and so um you could argue i probably went two steps Too far in terms of crypto, but I thought crypto could be really interesting to solve some of these problems. And I still think it is. Um, But Coinbase's business today, I mean, is rightfully so because it's it's where the revenue is coming from. They're very focused on trading, enabling institutional use cases, and they're definitely doing some things in payments. But the part of crypto that I love and that I think um, will eventually be disrupted is giving access to the unbanked or moving money around the world remittances um, for a lot cheaper, a lot faster. And I mean, there's no one, I think, in the world. Doing that better today, or solving that mission in kind of the current financial system at Stripe, and so I was just intrigued, and really, I'm still learning in my career, and I wanted to come to Stripe to kind of understand the current financial system, system in and out. And you know, my longer term goal then is like, how do those two worlds combine? Maybe crypto can disrupt certain elements, and you know, hopefully, I can help Stripe do that and 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 embrace the parts of crypto that are doing that. Um, But that was the reason why I made the made the hop.
1: That's that's awesome, Uh, Stripe guys. I don't have any. I don't have any Stripe. Uh, we haven't tracked down those uh, yet. So that's that's something that should be on my radar as well. Yeah, I would
2: buy. I would uh, buy Stripe for sure. Well, there's
0: one other that, that people are asking yeah. us to ask about, and that is uh, a Coinbase competitor, Kraken. There's yep. talk that they're maybe going to do a SPAC or an IPO, probably next year, not this year. What what are your thoughts on that? And and are there other players in the space that
3: that you see? You know, on the on the track to an IPO. Yeah, I mean, Kraken is a great company and one I would put at the top of the list. I, if you, if you, I sort of separate the players. The largest exchange in the world is Binance. Um, you know, by volume, they're, they're not what we call the fiat exchanges. They do have some some ways to put in your fiat, but they're also operating, uh, this is not a knock, but they're operating in, you know, uh, some sometimes in regulatory gray areas. And so when I look at direct Coinbase competitors, I put Kraken at the top of the list because both of them are players that look to be, you know, regulated in the U.S., get all the necessary licenses and those sorts of things. And Kraken is built to really... Um, really great business. Um, two people I really respect in the industry I've learned a lot from. There's the head of growth who used to be an Uber colleague named Dan Held, um, writes a lot about Bitcoin on Twitter and, and and has a blog post that talks about these halvings and if anyone is interested to follow him. And Jesse Powell, who's the CEO of Kraken, is really interesting. And they really by volume are probably in terms of, again, that regulated volume number two to Coinbase in the US for that fiat to crypto volume. Again, that's where you're taking in the dollars and buying Bitcoin, buying crypto. So I've heard rumors that Kraken and I think probably off the back of this news, of Coinbase is looking at a way to potentially go public. And I, I, I would be a big fan. I think there's room for Kraken, and, and and I've heard lots of compliments on their UI and and their platform as well. Yeah, they
0: they were the second uh, platform that I got on, and I and I had a ba- Binance account at one point. i so I've I've kind of shuffled around and, and been on all of them, but obviously Coinbase was my very first because they made it so easy, and that's that's one of the reasons right. that. Um, I love it as a Dave, company and as an investor. We
1: we were a little slow. So Kraken had shares available to purchase through one of the secondary market exchanges um, about a week ago. We, maybe it was a week, week and a half ago. And I, I actually, it was through Forge. And for those of you all don't mm. know, you I know there's a lot of questions as to, guys, how do you get these shares? Well, well, for us, Coinbase is a private transaction. You know, we found a group of sellers and we were able to acquire that. But on... Uh, also, sometimes there're secondary markets, Forge is one of them, and they were offering Kraken shares at $47.37 um, last week. Uh the company's most recently formally announced financing round was at $19 per share in 19 in 2019. So, in about a year and a half, a little over doubled, but that's really not that big of a deal when you think about how far the crypto market and the Bitcoin market has come, right? So, uh, I think those shares came and went, guys. I think we missed them. I was slow to react to the email. I should have jumped on it quicker. Actually, I just logged into but their
0: I, uh, website, and they're still showing it as available. But that may just be. Are they
1: so like? Of, the, the, mm-hmm. look, I'm gonna. I just sent another email to uh, my rep there because she never got back to me. My concern, the reason why I don't like purchasing shares through a secondary exchange platform like Forge. I understand they have to make their money but you know, those fees are really high. They'll charge like, sometimes I think they'll charge, I could be wrong, 15 or 20% uh, carry. So like they're taking basically a fifth of the upside on the trade, plus they generally have a fee of like two and they, a half. They have an 5%. upfront fee, I know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. that they always have a carry, but I know that they have an upfront fee. At least some of well, the other shares that I've bought that. from them, I know that I'm, everything. I, I
2: everything we've done with them have a, has a carry.
1: Yeah, I think they I think yeah. they have a carry. And I imagine on something as hot as like a Kraken, I imagine they would probably have a carry on that as well. And the fact that she didn't get back to me, Dave, I, I think they good, sometimes get stuff on their site. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, they usually want to close that stuff pretty quick. So listen, Cyril, thank you so much. I I do want to say that um Cyril, if anyone wants, you know, has a connection that is looking for someone on a podcast to talk about Bitcoin, crypto exchanges. Uh, Cyril, why don't you give out your handle on Twitter is the best way to follow you and connect with you. Is that right? Is it Cyr- sure, Cyril yeah. Matthew? Uh um, so C- at- Twitter H-
3: handle. Sorry,
1: Twitter yeah, handle is C-Y- at Cyril. Yeah, C-Y-R-I-L-M-A-T-H-E-W at Cyril Matthew on Twitter. Uh, we will you know, put it down in the uh, description
0: him. after this. Uh, for the archive of this, it's down in the description.
1: Great. And I put it in the notes earlier. Uh or the comments earlier. Uh Cyril, thank you, man. Congrats. This is an exciting week. I hope uh I hope tomorrow goes well for you and for us.
3: Thank
1: you, guys. Um we'll talk about what we're going to do after Cyril leaves. We'll let him go and we'll talk about what me and Dave are going to do tomorrow. I I kind of have it in my head. I think I have my, my plan now. And Cyril, right, your well. your kind of information solidified what I think I'm gonna do tomorrow. So thank you.
0: Thank you so thank much. we we'll you, you soon. Take care. All right, bye bye. Appreciate
1: it, buddy. Congrats all right that was great do you remember early in your career when you had some shares in a company and like like back in like 99 when i had shares in cars direct and i i was like 21 years old and i thought i was worth nine million dollars on paper and then the dot-com boom busted like right before the ipo like a week and a half before the ipo and my shares were essentially worthless oh i mean that Um, happened
0: if you were if you had shares of anything during the dot-com bust like i was i was an employee at yahoo at the time and had just been given all these shares the day they hit the s&p it was up 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 and then within that year my first year of employment there where i hadn't had any of my shares vest the thing just collapsed the whole you know amazon (laughs) collapsed yahoo collapsed all of all of the tech companies just you know fell out of the sky so
1: well hopefully that won't happen between today and tomorrow i feel like we're in a
0: uh, uh, yeah in a different different time right now (laughs)
1: I think you're okay. Oh boy, yeah. I, I, I mean, so, I can't even. I didn't want to ask him how much he has, but I, I, I would imagine, it, just looking at how much it appreciated over the past two years, the guy's got to be in really good shape. Oh, you know, I forgot so. to ask him
0: because we, we actually were talking to him before the show. He basically has has had a career of working at companies right as they IPO. He was at Facebook this is what for, he for several a, years. Yeah, he's a he pre-IPO was at, um,
2: employee, right? It's awesome. Yeah. That's his trade, man. An important. important, He's 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 an important job.
0: Yeah, doing business development at these companies right as they're going into their stride. Yeah, it's amazing. Good for him.
1: Genius. It's smart. It's so genius. All right, Dave, what are you going, do you know what you're going to do? Are you going to keep your shares tomorrow? Or are you, I mean, we, by, by the way, we don't actually have our shares yet. I'm so definitely keeping them tomorrow.
0: until they make it into my account. I'm not planning to create some kind of <laughs> false, like short, you're not going to be able to short shares anyway, right? Because mm-hmm. there won't be any no. float. So I'm We're stuck. For I'm stuck holding them um, until they actually make it into my account. And at this point, at this very moment, I'm holding. I'm hanging on.
2: Yeah, I was going to for... ask you structurally, how does that work with the with the direct listing? Like, what, I mean, because whoever you bought them from has to, like, get them and transfer them? Is that what happens?
1: Yeah, they'll transfer know. them. Out. Yeah, they have to transfer yeah, them over afterwards. They have to get them and then right. transfer. Yeah. My...
0: So that's about it. So... I mean, there's... There's, I'm, I'm imagining a, a couple days delay um, and I don't know if there's any, any holding requirement that we have on these shares. I'll have to read into the With direct listing, I don't, the listing, I don't but,
2: think there is but I could be
1: wrong. There's none. Yeah. There's none, Dave. And I'll tell you what, um, I am going to probably sell are 75%, 75, just 75. I mean, just, you got to realize I, it's a okay. monster position for me. You're
0: right. You're right. So, I I need to look at them as a percentage of my overall portfolio and whittle them back to where I would be comfortable buying them, right? Like I yeah. would probably buy a quarter million dollars worth of uh, Coinbase tomorrow. And that is yeah, probably so, where I'll, I'll hope to net out is, is keeping a quarter million dollars worth in my portfolio
1: yeah i i'm dave i'm kind of in the same zone i think i would like to have a quarter of a million to half a million dollars and at half a million right in that range quarter to half a 1000000 that would be like a, i'd ha- i get to sell 75 percent and still be i'd still have that much coinbase so uh yeah i'm probably going to sell 75 percent of my position next week or whenever it is that we get those shares I, and the reason why i'm selling is because you know there are risk factors, right? They're perceptional risk factors. Uh, it's, it might not even be real. Just just any type of spookiness related to either uh, Bitcoin, even the co- the uh, price of Bitcoin. Down.
0: I think is going to be one of those things that the the price of Coinbase is not going to be a direct correlation, but fairly heavily impacted yeah. by movements in Coinbase or in in Bitcoin. So if oh. if coin if Coinbase starts to like basically mirror Bitcoin, you're basically holding a bunch of additional money in something that isn't actually Bitcoin, but is essentially the same thing.
1: But also any type of negative news related to regulatory, the regulatory environment, listen, it doesn't take much, a single statement by the the government, even a statement by someone, a key person, you saw what that did to to Bitcoin a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, look, every time Yellen
2: comes out and says something that you see a little drop, it's recovered every time.
1: Yeah, yeah or, or more uh any type of rumor or statement by a major broker, a top 4 broker that says hey, they're going to get more involved uh you know in as a broker for Bitcoin and and cr- cryptocurrencies, like that would be perceived as a negative. I think there's a lot of stuff that just just ri- there's risk factors this year, right? But more than that, I feel like the market understands the positive for Coinbase, like the positives are out there, that monster quarter's out there. Now I do agree with Cyril that it, the next couple quarters could be even bigger and likely will be even bigger. So it's like-
0: Yeah, dude, I think like, that we could have a couple of uh, quarters of news cycles where it's everyone's caught off guard by how insane their revenue was once again, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, someone's talking about customer service and that I didn't bring that up with Cyril, but that does bug me. But it also bugged me about Robin Hood and doesn't seem to bother anyone else. Like I had an issue getting money transferred into my Coinbase account. It was a lot of money that I was transferring into Coinbase, I was wiring it. The wiring instructions were so confusing. Like it wasn't clear and there was no like messaging yeah. as to when the wire would hit. It was like, just check back with us in a week. I was like, what? Have you, can you imagine wiring a million dollars to and not being able to confirm with anyone that the wire hit? Because once the wire hits, they don't tell you it's like, it takes them a week to get it into your, it's immediately taken out
0: of your bank account and then you don't see it in your Coinbase account right away. That's, that's surprising to me. I didn't have that experience.
1: I don't know if something happened, like it's really, really, really frustrating. And there's no, you can't pick up the phone and talk to anyone at coin. I mean, Hey, I, I just sent you a million bucks. Can I talk to someone? Nope. There's no one to talk to. In fact, I couldn't even really communicate with Coinbase via like messaging because at the time I did this, it was one of those weeks when just crypto was going nuts and mm-hmm. they were so backed up. They, they were taking days to even get back to someone. So it's like the wild west out there. And it's a little frustrating, but then again, they're competing against other people that are doing the same thing, right? So, like, it's okay to do that in that world, right? Like, it's not like there's someone else that's that has excellent customer service in the crypto exchange world, right? Someone's saying Binance is better, and perhaps they are, but I don't know. The thing is... I just don't know if there's a ton of information left to arb uh, right now on coinbase so i don't want to be super concentrated in it right like i don't i don't feel that confident in it i want to have some position but not nearly as big as what i have i'm really happy about this trade guys if this thing ipos or dpos whatever between 100 and 150 billion tomorrow i feel like i think we're going to hit 150 we'll see if i'm right i think 150 is in the cards and if it is Man, that is going to be like a 5, almost a 5x return on a pretty substantial investment over just a couple months, few months. Yeah,
0: it was not it was not a long holding for us. We we, we didn't really know how long this was going to take. The the question that I I've, I've seen a couple of times, what time do they list tomorrow? So because it's a direct listing, the shares probably won't be available right at the opening bell, but um I'm I'm reading that it's kind of more expected in uh, the midday or afternoon time frame. Uh, because of the direct listing, uh, that's when employees and other insiders have the option to sell existing shares rather than the company issuing any new stock, as would happen with a conventional IPO. So, but, by so the way, I, want to say, I forgot these I, things.
2: Do they have to go to an account, or can they just say, "Hey, liquidate them on reception," or do we know?
1: I have no idea. We kind of lost our opportunity to ask Cyril how that, that's working internally. Yeah. By the way, I, I yeah. gave out the wrong Twitter address. It, it's actually Cyril J. Matthews. So it's C-Y-R-I-L-J-M-A-T-H-E-W uh, on Twitter. Um, by the way, guys, uh, gosh, I lost my lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um,
0: so, as far as I've, I, I also know, saw sorry. some people asking um, where we bought our shares from, we we bought them in a private transaction, not through one of the uh, brokers. Uh, it looks like a lot of people are wanting some of these these uh, pre IPO shares. A little late. <laughs>
1: well, well here, I, listen, I, I think, no, there's no way to get pre IPO sh- no, shares it. now. Uh, ship has but sailed. tomorrow, listen, t- tomorrow is, is likely to be a really big day. Um, I. I, I would not be surprised to see it hit 150000000000 billion. I'm pretty excited, guys. Uh, I hope it sticks around for a week until we get our shares in our brokerage account. Oh, this is what I want to say. Uh, I made a decision this last week. Um, you saw this, uh, Dave. I am uh, having all of my shares of Coinbase transferred immediately into my charitable foundation. So uh, mm-hmm. this is another trade that I'm donating 100% of to uh, pediatric causes through the Camillo Foundation. And I'm really excited to do that. It's a big, big win for the foundation. So I, you know, I've been, I'm kind of doing that with almost everything right now. Um, but certainly this, this is a big one. So uh, yeah, the foundation well, that's, might that's be great $2 million because... richer tomorrow.
0: The foundation is doing such good things for actual people compared to paying a huge amount of taxes that who knows what they're going to do, the, do with the money. <laughs> oh,
1: no te- yeah, so, so that's what's so cool is that, you know, there will be no taxes on this huge gain, but it's not my money. Like I'm just, I'm not taking the money. I'm just saying, hey, just throw it over there to this foundation. That's going to give it away. So um, yeah, it, it's, listen, I'm really excited. That's why I'm so excited about this week is like, that's crazy that's like a lot of money is going to do a tremendous amount of good uh and I'm just super excited about it so uh positive day tomorrow let's everyone hope for the best <laughs> for coinbase okay <laughs> I, I I will sleep tonight but have a little bit of anxiety uh throughout the day tomorrow and and probably for the rest of the week hoping this thing kind of holds
0: sticks we'll, we'll be watching very closely tomorrow yeah well um, are, are, are we right, gonna do it. a future show on um we, we talked about it before the show that j and j news do we what are we going to be doing a um, show on that on on what that maybe. might mean for reopening stocks
1: maybe we have an episode on thursday but i really wanted to do a different episode on thursday we have a high conviction report uh, oh yes that was put out within our we won't say which one it was it's in our discord channel for those of y'all that aren't in discord by the way something really exciting The Dumb Money public brokerage account, right, the portfolio launched last week. I bought $10,000 of stocks based on your votes in Discord. So dumbmoney.tv forward slash Discord, you can actually vote every week on which high conviction tickers uh, you want to purchase in the Dumb Money public portfolio. And you guys are gonna get to keep all the proceeds for that, do what we want with it, have a party with it once a year, right? Like so that that belongs to the community. So I'm trading every Monday, I'm rebalancing the portfolio based on the votes. And it, you if you go into public, please get an account on public. Cause every time you open an account on public, if you do it through Dumb Money, Dumb Money gets paid an affiliate fee and we take that money and we put it after taxes into the dumb money public portfolio. So it's like, yeah. we're not taking any of the money, we're just giving it back to you. So let's see how many people we can get to sign up for public, okay? What is so, the link? So
0: to do that, you go to dumbmoney.tv slash public or you can go to public.com slash dumb money. Either way, we'll get you uh, that. Uh, I have not yet logged in to see what we bought in the public portfolio, so I'm gonna be doing that. And I think to, to be able to do that, you have to basically log into the public app and uh, look for dumb money.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I've been so I traded on Public last week, and it's actually really fun. It's kind of like Robinhood. It's just so ridiculously easy. I think it's really weird after every trade they ask you if you want to tip them, though. Well,
0: (laughs) that's that's because they're not taking—they're not doing the uh, payment for order flow thing. They were one of the uh, first uh, to announce that they—they—they don't make any money on the transactions, and so their only way to survive as a business is asking for tips. I guess I am
1: so curious if people are tipping them. I have not. I am not tipping them with the dumb money. You're not tipping them
0: with <laughs> portfolio.
1: No, I. I don't no, think I have no. the right to give away the the community's money. So <laughs> I'm not doing that. But hey, guys, it's a ten thousand dollar portfolio. Uh, it's going to grow over time. The more people that sign up for public through the dumb money link, uh, the more money they give us in our portfolio. So just everybody go right now. Sign up. Right. Uh. We'll have that link for you guys. Go uh, public.com forward slash dumb money and sign up through dumb money and we will make the money and we'll put it in the account. Once a month, we'll make a deposit based on the affiliate check that comes in from public. And uh, listen, you all
0: win. Everyone wins. Uh, you bought all of these stocks. That's a really nice portfolio.
1: Well, I, listen, it's what the community voted on, right? Like, yeah. So basically, I balance exactly what you vote on. So if one stock Get 70% of the votes. I put 70% of the portfolio in that stock for the week, and so I think the top stock Dave has like 15% or something like that of the portfolio.
0: It doesn't show uh, how much of each stock. It just shows uh, that it exists in the portfolio, and then it shows what today's price is doing. So I, of all of the things in the portfolio, only two are red, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, there's like a, a what a, is it? A dozen different stocks?
1: This is a long-term deal, guys. This is like something that we're going to be doing for years. Uh, I have this kind of, you know, vision in my head or hope that we can grow that portfolio into a million-dollar portfolio for the community. And if the community does a good job with it, and they're generating like 15 or 20 percent returns a year, and you know, you can do that because I generate, you know, 85 yeah. percent returns a year. Uh, that would be like. Couple hundred thousand dollars a year that the that the community gets to blow on a ridiculous party someplace, right? Or or, or whatever or, they decide or to do. Or cruise. Whatever they whatever
0: they, oh, whatever they, they want to do. Can you imagine a cruiser's going to cruise a uh, dumb money party? That would be amazing. <laughs> yes, I
1: could. Speaking of parties, uh, so we're if, you not yet, dumb, we, if you want to follow us on dumb,
0: if you want to follow us on the public app, our handle is at dumb money, and uh, we have three hundred and fifty-seven followers. We're going to see how that grows over time. If I'm, I'm yeah, at Dave like Hansen cool. on the app and I have 16,783 followers, so dumb money team, get out there, start following the dumb money account.
1: Yes, but don't sign up for public randomly. You have to sign up public.com forward slash dumb money, because that way we get the credit and then you get the money in the account, right? Yes. So that's how you, and I think you get a free
0: up. stock or they, they have some promotion when you yeah. sign up that you, you you basically don't lose anything by using our link, any the no. same offer that everyone gets you, you would get from us. Yeah. and we'll,
1: Yeah. And guys, yes, you can pick the chair. You can do whatever you want. Once we get a once a year, we'll figure out what we do with all the earnings from that account. We won't think about that now. Uh, anyway, guys, and I will put the um, I will
0: put the public link down in the YouTube description so you guys can find that. I'll also put I, I think we already have all of our dumb TV links. Um, I'll add a link down in the footer of the dumb page so that you can get to our public sign up as well. Uh, we'll and be back that's the, the latest show. from here. Is that all we? Is that what we're talking about? Oh, you want to talk about Thursday yeah, show? Yeah, man.
1: Uh, we have a lot of work to do between now and Thursday because Thursday show is a big one. Oh, it I know what show you're talking really, about now. It's a I'm excited really about good this one. High conviction report. Yeah, yeah, I think we all have something to say about this. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I already put money into uh, this high conviction report. Uh, I'm contemplating how big I go on it though. Like I, I still, am like, haven't quite figure that out and so i want to have a debate on thursday and i want to just there's so much to talk about when it comes to this high conviction report this stock this trade uh we will see you thursday but hit the bell so you are reminded about thursday's episode you don't want to miss it
2: i haven't bought any yet but i'm fixing to i'm fixing to (laughs) even
1: jordan
0: (laughs) i want to see you buy some coinbase stock that's what i want
1: i got some for sale jordan (laughs) <laughs>
2: the, you guys are selling. So why would I be buying?
1: I'm not selling all of it, dude. I'm selling some of it. Most of it, yeah, some of it. But I'm still gonna have quite a bit when I'm done selling. So okay.
0: All right, that's gonna do it for you, dude. That, that's gonna do it. We are done, money. We'll be back here Thursday with a show you cannot miss. Smash the bell. Thanks, everyone. See ya.